God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you today. We pray, Heavenly Father, open our hearts and minds to your word today, which you're saying to us in the scriptures. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As we've been said before, an epiphany season is meaning manifestation or letting us see the light. And Jesus is the light of the world because he came for the Gentiles, because it showed that in the wise men coming from the east. That's the beginning of the epiphany season on January 6th, when we celebrate Jesus for everybody, not just the Jews, but for the Gentiles. And then during this epiphany season, before we get to Lent, we look at what Jesus is doing, manifesting himself to the people on earth as he comes down here to live on earth. And then we'll soon move into Lent, beginning next, the first Sunday of next month, and looking at the suffering and death of Jesus. But right now we're looking at what Jesus discovered about himself and what we discover about Jesus. We might call those aha moments. Aha! I see something. The light is shining. The light is breaking into the darkness of my life. Now you wonder what the clock is about. The clock represents two clocks that we talk about. And maybe you saw it in the news, but at the beginning of the every new year, the doomsday clock is shown. And the doomsday clock today, this year, they said is 100 seconds to midnight. So your clock has only got 100 seconds to go and it's midnight. And what they're saying about that is it comes from the atomic scientist who started this clock, the doomsday clock, in 1947. And the idea was to warn people about devastation of the earth. The farthest the clock has been away from midnight was 17 minutes in 1991 when the Cold War ended. But the clock was founded by two famous scientists, Albert Einstein and Robert Oppenheimer, and they developed this clock to warn people about the catastrophes that are on Earth. Not to just the planet won't be destroyed, but the people will be, or the culture as we know it can be destroyed because all kinds of things are out there dangerous things. It's a dangerous moment, they're saying. We only got 100 seconds left. We have the, and the, the things they're concerned about are the nuclear risk, nuclear war, climate change, cyber uh, attacks, technology, the change of things that might be catastrophe for the human race. There's another clock, though, that's out there. God's clock. God's clock is ticking away too. The end of the earth is going to come. The whole earth is going to go. It's going to be blown up and burned up. That's what the Bible says. It's going to end. The heavens as we know them are going to be taken away. When's that coming? Well, we don't know. Some people think it's coming quickly because of all the things that are going on today in our culture. The hate we see, the divisions between us, the threats that are made on people. I said in the news the other day that there are many threats given to all the congressmen on both sides of the aisle. They get them all the time, threats from people, threatening them if they don't vote the way they want to vote or do what they want to do, they'll come after them. Crime on the rise, killings, the killing of police officers recently, demons out there, all kinds of demons attacking. 
drugs. The rhetoric is awful today. A house divided cannot stand, the Bible says. And so some people are saying the doomsday clock of God is ready to strike too. We don't know. But it's coming one way or the other. But it's also interesting to note I saw this interesting in the Lutheran Hour um, blog, is if you're aware of the fact that the Pasadena Rose Parade every year in January the 1st in Pasadena, the Rose Parade has one Christian float, and it's the Lutheran Hour float. It's been there for years, and if they ever gave it up, it'd be lost and there'd be no Christian floats in the parade. But we've been there for years to the Lutheran Hour, and they continue to do it because it's a witness to the world as they watch them on TV or they're there. And it was interesting this year that the pastor who was riding on the float, and there was a person representing Jesus, he said, Jesus received a very warm welcome from the parade route. That was good. He said people were shouting as they went by, we love you, Jesus. Or they were shouting, God bless you. And some were saying, we are glad you're here. And some were saying, I love the Lord. And then one place, as they came kind of a stop, one, big pers- or one person shouted a big loud voice that people could hear all around them, Jesus, when are you coming back? That's a good question. When are you coming back? Well, in 2 Peter, Peter says this about the coming back. This is in 2 Peter chapter 3. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. A thief comes out at night when you're not expecting the thief to break into your house or into your car or into your community. But in the night, thieves come. And when you least expect it, the Lord is going to return. And here's what Peter goes on to say. He says, the heavens will disappear with a roar. They'll all disappear with a roar. He says, the elements will be destroyed by fire. Fire is going to consume the earth. He says, that day will bring about destruction, Peter says. But then he goes on a couple of lines later and he says, but we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. That's the promise for us as Christians who believe in Jesus Christ. And then we come to the end of the, book of the, or the last book of the Bible in Revelation. The last, next to the last verse has an interesting prayer. It goes, Amen, come Lord Jesus. After Revelation has been talking about all of the uh, evil that's in the world and the devil being set free for a while, and then Jesus coming, a new heaven and a new earth. So several times in the sermon today, I'm going to say, So we pray, and I would like you to pray that prayer that's in Revelation, Amen, come Lord Jesus. That's a good plea for us in this epiphany season, and we look at the clock. Where is it? God's spiritual clock or the doomsday clock of the scientists? So when I say, so we pray, we say, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Let's try that. So we pray, Amen, come Lord Jesus. That's our prayer that we have in God's scripture and revelation. But it was interesting as we look at all this and look at the scriptures, 1 Corinthians, if you open your worship folder, let's just take a look at these passages. 
how they fit into what we're talking about and the theme, be devoted to each other with love. Because that's what's really the crucial way that we live in this world in which we live. But interesting that Corinthians chapter 13 is the most quoted section of the New Testament probably in the world. Just as Psalm 23 is the most quoted in the, from the Old Testament in the world. And 1 Corinthians 13 is used at weddings quite often. We use it to describe love and share love and talk about love from time to time. Just as we use Psalm 23 at funerals most of the time to give comfort and peace. But this is what the church is about, about love and showing love because God revealed love. The Bible says God is love. And God has revealed his love through Jesus Christ, his son, who went to the cross and died for you, paid for all your sins so that you can be free from death, sin, death, and the devil. God is the source of love. And it's interesting if you look in here, uh, verse, uh, looking down in verse 8, love never ends. You know, that's amazing to think about it. Uh, think about it. And then Look at verse 12. Paul says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now, you've got to understand, back in those days, they didn't have nice mirrors like you have today. When you get up in the morning and look in your mirror and see your self-reflection, you can see a, a perfect image of yourself. In those days, they didn't have mirrors like we do. They had reflection off of metal or something. So it was not a very good picture. It was dim. And that's when he says, we see in a mirror dimly, we can't quite understand all this business about love and comprehend it all, but someday, face to face, we're going to really understand it and see it. How true that is. But love challenges us to be devoted to each other with love in this world in which we live, in this complicated world as the doomsday clock strikes or as God's clock strikes close to midnight. And then we come to the gospel and this is interesting, as this is part of the Epiphany season. In the Gospel, we see Jesus entering into the community, into the world. Now please note, this is before he calls the disciples. This is early in his ministry. The disciples are called to uh, follow Jesus in the next chapter, in chapter 5. But in chapter 4 here, he's talking about what Jesus was doing in his ministry and three things are doing. He's doing. He's teaching the people, sharing the, calling them to the good news. He heals the people, and he drives out demons. Amazing. Think about that for a minute. Those three things that Jesus is doing, and how do they relate to you and me today as we live out our love in Jesus Christ? Amazing. Think about it. The gospel tells us what Jesus did. And so we pray, Amen, come Lord Jesus. That's our prayer. As Jesus came then, so that he comes now. Now notice how he comes. He enters the world, and it says down at the very bottom of page 4, they were astonished at his teaching. They're astonished. The people are, this teaching is amazing that they hear. Because it says his word possessed authority. The word is being spoken. God's word has authority. And now while he's teaching in the temple, it says on the top of the next page, a man had an unclean spirit, a demon possession of some kind. And so he cried out with a loud voice. 
And then Jesus drives the demon out. And the demon leaves. And the people then say, what is this word? Where does he get all this authority? What's going on here? Jesus drives out demons. Did you expect anyone to come today to church and we'd have a demon driven out? Probably not. You weren't expecting that, were you? But why not? Jesus said he sends us just as the Father sent him, so he sends us into the world to teach, preach, drive out the evil, drive out the demons, and heal. Well, let's look at the next one. Here comes a healing incident. Now it says that uh, in the next paragraph, he left the synagogue and he entered Simon's house. Now this is before Peter, whose name was changed to Peter, before Simon's name was changed to Peter, and before he was called as a disciple. But he goes, Jesus goes to his house. The mother-in-law is ill with a high fever. Now a high fever in those days meant you're going to die because they had no way of, no antibiotics, they didn't know what would cause the high fever, something seriously is wrong with a person, and something is happening that they're going to die if they have a high fever. Very seldom that people recover from it. So this is a serious illness that's going on in Peter's mother-in-law. And notice there's something, an insight here, that maybe we just don't quite get all, uh, hear it all the time, because it's, it's mentioned twice in this gospel lesson. It says, they appealed to Jesus on her behalf. That's the people. They had heard what Jesus was doing and the healings he was doing, and they said, Jesus, Peter's mother-in-law is sick, probably in the other room somewhere. She's got a high fever. They appealed to Jesus to do something. The mother-in-law didn't come out of the room and say, heal me. She's sick. She's laying in bed or something. <coughs> and they, they appealed to Jesus. Notice what Jesus does. He stood over her and he rebuked the fever. He talked to the fever. He said, fever, get out of her. He rebuked it. And guess what happened? Immediately, immediately she got up. Now, if you got up from a high fever, you'd be kind of weak and not feeling too good for a day or two. She got up immediately, and she began to serve them. Immediately. Immediate healing, complete renewal in her life. Because Jesus rebuked the fever. Did you expect someone to come here today and be healed, have a healing miracle? Do we expect that in the church today? Maybe we've missed something. Because Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And notice what they do. When Jesus goes out, they bring people to him. They bring the sick to him. It says, he laid hands on them and healed them all. And he began to, he, the people brought the sick to him that night and uh, brought, they brought them. And then Jesus goes off and is going to leave. And he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. The gospel has to be spread. But notice these people were helped because someone cared. Someone reached out. Someone had a compassion of love. You know the expression, I've got your back or I've got you. In other words, I'll look out for you, I'll protect you, I'll look out for you, make sure that you make it through whatever you're doing. And this is what we are to do for one another. I've got you. 
look out for one another. Have compassion for one another. Just as these people had compassion for the sick and the, and the demon-possessed, they brought them to Jesus, and Jesus brought healing to them. And then Jesus wants the gospel to spread. He went out to the other towns. And before he left this earth, he said, go into all the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And as he commanded the disciples, heal the sick and drive out the demons. Bring people to Jesus. Yes, indeed. That's our responsibility, to have that love and compassion for one another. It's amazing the ministry that you and I have because of this. And God works through us. This is the promise of Jesus now. He says, as I go to heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father, you are to do the great works. Greater works than I've done. You're going to go out into the ministry and do great works by showing God's love. Jesus is the healer. And Jesus is the one who has power over the evil forces. You know, there's only one thing you're going to take to heaven when you die. You know that? One thing. Not your bank account. Not your house. Not your pets. You're going to take one thing, that which never ends. It said it in the epistle, love never ends. The greatest of all things, of, of, the, of the love, he says, uh, faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest is love. You see, love you will take to heaven, because that's where love is revealed clearly in Jesus Christ. And that's why it's important that we in the midst of the clock striking maybe 100 seconds to doomsday or to the destruction of the earth, we bring God's love to the world. Because Jesus is here today calling you and me to make a difference in this world. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Yeah, that's how we're to live. That's a beautiful passage. Love it. 12, Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in love. Have compassion for each other. Honor one another above yourselves. Cute little story about the dentist and his patient. He had a patient, a man who was constantly always late for his appointments. So one day, in the morning, the receptionist called this man and said, look, you've got a cavity that we're going to fill this afternoon. Please uh, remember to be on time. And he said, well, I might be 15 minutes late. Would that be a problem? She said, well, I'm going to talk. you can talk to the dentist. And the de so he talked to the dentist and said, would that be a problem? And the dentist said, no, we just don't have time to give you any anesthetic. Guess what? He arrived early. You see, we consider the effects of your actions. Your actions should not be a problem to other people. Your actions should be one of love and compassion for each other, just as God had love for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came and had compassion to save us from our sins, to deliver us so we can have new life in him, and that new life is in Jesus Christ. What more can we ask for? It doesn't matter where the clock is striking 100 seconds to go before everything blows up, because Jesus is in control and we have a new heaven and a new earth. It's caring about others and reaching out. I told this story before a number of years ago, and you've heard it, some of you heard it, but I like it because it's a little cute, a cute illustration. It's about the woman at the stoplight, this car stalled at the red light. And she couldn't get it started, and she tried starting it, and it wouldn't start. 
The light went green. She couldn't get it started. She tried again, and the guy behind her honked his horn, blew his horn, and the light changed again, and it came again, and she, he kept blowing his horn. And so she got out of her car, and she walked back to the man, and she says, why don't we just change places? I'll, stand, I'll sit in here in your car and blow the horn, and you go start my car. In other words, we don't have to point out others' problems. We don't have to blow our horn just because somebody doesn't do something the way we want or the way we think it should go. And we realize that the world has its difficulties. And maybe you've got a difficulty. Maybe you've got a problem. Maybe something is bothering and troubling you. So the, call, the question is, are we ready for the clock when it strikes midnight? Whichever clock we want to talk about. It's possible that someone has an addiction, a demon working in them, some kind of addiction that could be destructive, whether it be drugs, pornography, uh, any number of things that could be controlling us. And they can be driven out by the power of Jesus' word. And so if that is your case, just take a moment and lay it before God right now silently, and we'll pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, if there's anyone here bogged down by some addiction of some kind, and they've named it before you now, we pray that it is removed and taken away and gone in Jesus' name. And so we pray. Come, amen, come. Lord Jesus. Maybe someone is here sick, has a sick problem, and wants healing. Name your sickness or healing to Jesus silently now, and we pray. Heavenly Father, for someone who maybe has named a sickness or problem and they're suffering in their life, we pray for healing as you, as you healed the people who were brought to you. And so we pray for healing. And so we pray, amen, come, Lord Jesus. So are you ready for the biblical clock? Are you ready for the doomsday clock? Sure you are, because you are a child of the living God. God has come for you. He loves you. He's for you. It doesn't matter where the clock is, how many seconds away it is to midnight. What matters is our relationship to Jesus Christ and his love. The greatest love story ever, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall have what? Eternal life. We will live forever with him. What a blessing, what a joy that we have to celebrate and so I hope that this epiphany season, you can say, aha, aha, the good news of Jesus breaking into this world in the darkness and bringing light. And the light shines, and we have life with him. What a blessing that can be. What a joy. So we pray, amen, come, Lord Jesus.